0: Welcome to Talkin' Dynasty with Garrett Price and Jared Wackerly with DynastyNerds.com where we discuss game theory, Dynasty fantasy football strategy, and interview different analysts from around the Dynasty fantasy football space. We appreciate you tuning in. Now let's get to work.
1: Welcome into Talking Dynasty. Look, if you are on the Dynasty Nerds feed right now, you're like, "Wait, am I listening to the correct show?" You are. You're listening to the correct show. Talking Dynasty was a little uh a little offshoot, a little side hustle, a little side project of myself, Garrett Price, and my good friend Jared Wackerly. Jared, how's it going, buddy? Pretty good. How about you? Good, good. This was just a little just a little side project that we started doing, we did seven or eight episodes of this and it was its own separate feed. And we got a lot of good feedback from the show. It's a little, it ties into dynasty nerds very well, but it's just a little different, a a little off enough that it makes it a good complement to the main show. So we're like, why are we wasting time doing two separate feeds, two separate shows Let's just let's just marry it all together. Let's just bring these two entities together. Now Dynasty Nerds and the Nerd Herd have more goodness. And and <laughs> and that's that's what we want. So Jared, I don't know if you want to get into it a little bit, but from my perspective the difference between other than just, you know, slightly different hosts, the difference between the normal Dynasty Nerd show and Talking Dynasty is Talking Dynasty is kind of that next level. We're not going to do as much. We'll do a little bit, but we're not going to do as much. Hey, I really like player X. I don't like player Y. There's not going to be as much of that as opposed to telling you what to think. It's more about how to think through playing the game of Dynasty, a little more game theory type of stuff that we're going to be bringing in this show, Jared, anything else that I'm kind of missing from the general synopsis of how this works versus the, the normal dynasty nerd show.
0: Yeah. So another thing I'll add is it gives us the opportunity to bring on guests, uh, mm. other folks from around the dynasty community that are analysts that have their own shows that analyze the game, just like us. Uh, we, we don't do that on the main dynasty nerd show. So uh, on our previous episodes, you can go back. uh We've interviewed guys like Scott Connor, uh, David Zach. Um, who else have we had on? Uh, but Matthew
1: Betts. The yeah, the the he he's a physical therapist, great with injuries. We had him on as well. So we've had yeah. some really good guests, as you were saying. Yeah.
0: So just game theory around dynasty, how to think, like you said, not what to think. A little less player talk, more just overall about the game.
1: Yeah, we've done stuff on Debbie Leagues. We've done stuff on trading. We've done stuff on injuries. Uh, we got into war, war. Wins above replacement with Scott. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah was awesome. so that was awesome. That was our just, last episode. That was our last episode. We, which took was a little hiatus. Yeah, we, we took a break around the holiday time. Kind of caught our breath a little bit because the fantasy, see, it's a lot. It is a lot. And we thought we would come back strong in the new year, bring it on to the main feed. So I'm... Genuinely excited to kind of have this all married together, have it simpatico. I think it's going to be really fun. But simpatico. today, simpatico. I don't even know if that's the right word. As <laughs> as the host of a dynasty nerd show, you have to say incorrect words at times. It's kind of just mandated. Rich has laid that groundwork, and I have to follow through with it. So, that being said, today we are looking at the off season. For some of you, the dreaded off season. But for a lot of us, it's low-key kind of the best time of year. Now, there are definitely lulls in the offseason, but I truly think that even though the season obviously is so much fun and so important, the offseason, the moves you make in the offseason are just as important, maybe even more so, Jared.
0: Yeah, this is when the shark's feet smell blood in the water. Start. Yes. Yeah taking advantage of value some leagues some of my home leagues there's no chatter no one's involved <laughs> it's, dude. it's just like yeah they're they're still on their holiday hangover but once the draft starts getting closer like oh you know I got to prepare for the draft you know the the day before
1: yeah exactly so what we wanted to do in this episode is we wanted to get into things that we should be doing in the off season. kind of a an off-season checklist, if you will, Uh, things that you should really be thinking through. Some of it's going to be geared a little more towards commissioners, uh, but most of it is going to be information that anyone can use, even if you're not the commissioner of your league. Anybody, it's useful information that will help make your league better, but more importantly, make your individual teams better and have a better shot at success as the fantasy season goes on. So one of the big things, and Jared and I went back and forth, talked about some of the things that that we like to do individually and and things that we think are important for the health of our teams and the health of our leagues. One of the big ones that Jared was was really adamant about, and rightfully so, is this, we, we, we got to talk about rule changes because we always get questions about rule changes, when to do it, how to do it, all that kind of stuff. And this really is the perfect time. So Jared, I'll let you... You go ahead and start with that, and I'll kind of jump in. But what should we be doing as far as implementing new rules in our leagues?
0: I mean, obviously, analyzing your own teams are important, but just as important as making sure the league, your, the health of your league, as, is as best as it can be. Um, and that starts with any rule changes should be voted on as a league. It's yeah. it should never be I'm the commissioner. This is what I want. I'm the captain. I'm the captain. Yeah, we're moving to (laughs) superflex. You know, so we we can start with that one. I mean, that's a big one. That's a big Um, one. I happen to have five
1: quarterbacks, so we're going to superflex.
0: Yeah, no, you can't do that. So we can start with that. Like superflex has kind of become the norm now, just like it. It just like standard scoring transition to PPR now we're starting to see more leagues start with super flex tight end premium. So how do we transition a one quarterback league to a super flex league? I'm currently doing this in my home league. It is hard. Um, it, it it was hard. You know, it just took some convincing and uh, explaining why, why, why should we transition to a super flex league? One, I think personally, I think it, it reflects the the true value of the quarterback position just like mm-hmm. it, it does in reality you know the quarterbacks are the most important player on the field for their team and this should be reflected in in fantasy football too i mean this is this is what we're aiming to achieve is not necessarily exactly like reality but somewhat similar especially in yeah. terms of valuation so when you're playing 12 more quarterbacks or you can start 12 more quarterbacks In your league obviously that's going to put more demand and value on those players Um, so what we did is we pushed the change out for three years so everyone had three years or has three years to get their roster in order to take that into account when making trades trading for draft picks even making draft picks in rookie drafts Three years, we're making the change. So we, we didn't, you know, I, I actually put a tweet out and some people suggested, you know, everyone has to shed all of their quarterbacks except for two. You're allowed to keep two. Um, anything that you've seen before or have
1: you done this before, Garrett? I've even seen it where where you can only keep a quarterback. You can keep yeah. one quarterback and then everyone else, and then you kind of redraft from there. Uh, but I think the most common way that I've seen people go about this is, hey, we're we're doing this, but we're not going to implement it for three more seasons. So everyone has sufficient time to trade, draft, that kind of thing as far as the quarterback position goes. That's Mm -hmm. what I've seen most commonly.
0: Yeah. And and another pro to making your league a super flex leagues is the depth of the rookie drafts. So yes. with the push up of the value and demand of the quarterbacks, you typically see the quarterbacks go first off the board early in the first whereas in one QB league that doesn't really happen. So now all those wide receivers, running backs and tight ends, depending if it's tight end premium or not, they they start to fall back a little bit and then the value of those early seconds, mid seconds become that much greater. And it's just a it's a more fun experience. You know, all, all the, all the picks just carry more value to them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They, they do for sure. I, I only play in one, one quarterback league and it's my oldest league. It's my home league. Like it's the only one quarterback league I play in, but even, even that league was cutting edge, uh, (laughs) at the time because we did a half point per completion for quarterbacks. Mm. So it did raise the value of quarterbacks, even though depth-wise it didn't. It did make those top-tier quarterbacks much more valuable than kind of that second and third tier because completing yeah. passes was such a premium. Uh, but, but yeah, that's the only one quarterback league that I play in, to my knowledge. I think, yeah, I don't have any others. So So with that, the other thing that I've seen is I've seen people even go – not just to the quarterbacks, but entirely next level where they basically will tear everything down almost to the studs, not necessarily redrafting, but they'll take their teams down to you get to pick five players you're going to keep and then Mm. everything else. So it really kind of does revitalize the league, refresh the league, that kind of stuff. So there, there are a lot of ways to... "Quote unquote, skin this cat." Like, there's a lot of ways to go about making this happen, but the biggest thing is make sure it is done in a way that is fair for the entire league. Because remember, teams built their squads based on it being one quarterback. Yeah, so it is really difficult and borderline unfair at times. Yeah, to change from your original settings, like. Uh, like that's i'm willing to like concede it but i still don't even love doing that like at that point it's almost like you that have sucks. to just do a new draft because yeah. teams built and same thing with with scoring correction like changing the the scoring settings you yeah. drafted based on those scoring settings or at least you should have <laughs> you should have yeah in theory <laughs> if you were if you were doing it correctly you you did that on those scoring settings and you made trades based on those scoring settings. So to just in one year, poof. Yeah, you can't do it in one year. You can't do it. So for me, me if you're going to go to Superflex, I almost feel like it has to be a unanimous vote, not just a, hey, we got the majority. Seven of the 12 said yes. Because a couple of those guys could have really been strategizing. No, I I intentionally only have one quarterback. Because I, I I faded it in the draft and yeah. yes, I know it's an older guy, but that's how I built it. But now you're telling me I need young guys and I need a lot of them to like that sucks. So I I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like it almost has to be a unanimous, if not unanimous, it has to be a very, very strong majority. Yes, vote on this or you should not switch a one QB league to a super flex league.
0: Yeah, no, I, I'd be cool with that. Um, it depends how bad or how good my team was set up to be uh, Superflex. You know, if, I, if I'm if i really set up well for it to go to Superflex, <laughs> then 6-12 is good. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah can- we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think a change like that, you're shaking up the entire economics of the league, uh, the values of all players. So... Uh, that's like in in my league, why we pushed it out for three years. Like, Hey, you can still play for three more years the way that you have set up your roster, but Mm. start preparing, start, you know, valuing the trades with that in mind. Um, and it's been a pretty smooth transition. There really wasn't much kickback, especially with it becoming like the common, uh, yeah. The way people are playing these days There's a lot more content out there these days On Superflex So everyone's kind of heard of it at this point And it's makes the league better I mean I don't I don't see like the cons To I, I think it just makes the league better So I don't really There's not really much of an argument against it Other than Like you just said Hey I only have Kirk Cousins for a reason Or Matthew, right. Matthew Stafford for a reason Now you guys yeah. are screwing me Yeah, I would Uh, just explain to that guy, hey, it's for the better of the league. You know, it's gonna make the league better. Sometimes that's what you got to do.
1: Yeah, so figure out a way, like like we said, whether it's pushing it out several years, whether that's everyone puts their quarterbacks in except one quarterback, however you want to do it, but find a way to try to make it as fair and as equitable as possible. And if you're doing a redraft of the quarterbacks. Use the use the dynasty nerds rankings and say, okay, whoever has the worst starting quarterback, they get the first pick of the rest of the quarterbacks. Whoever has the second worst gets like try to make it as fair and as equitable as possible. Because at the end of the day, for most people, there are some of us that we're just in 40 leagues and we're degenerates and we're gonna, but for most people, they're in a league, they're in three leagues, they're in five leagues. But they're yeah. most of these are they're buddies, people they know, they have relationships with. The worst thing you can do is just blow all this up. And I've seen lost friendships over fantasy <laughs> football, which is silly. But yeah. I've I've seen it happen. Don't it's it's not worth it. It's it not. usually I, happens I'm, when the commissioner like somehow loses the or
0: doesn't have the buy-in because they use it on or they don't have everybody's buy-ins because they use it as Christmas gifts for their kids or something. Oof, brutal. I've seen that happen. Oof. Um. Next one here. No trade deadlines. Ooh. This is becoming more and more I don't know if you want to call it mainstream, but In traditionally I, I still don't have a league that does not have a trade deadline, but I wish I did. I'd love to, I'd love to play that way. Yeah. Because I kinda am on the side of why why are we restricting people from being able to make moves? during the playoffs. Like why I get it. I, demand I love, dem-
1: demand is demand, you know. I love pushing back the trade deadline as far as possible like up to the week of the playoffs. Same. I'm still I still don't like the in playoff trading. Because why? it does feel like you should have been prepared like you had all this time up, up until the playoffs, the, the, the day before the, your playoffs started. You had all this time to prepare with a backup quarterback, with a backup running back, to, to get more depth here, to improve there. If you are now mad because I, my quarterback just got hurt, now I'm down to one, you should have bolstered that position. You had all that time to bolster the position. You didn't. That's on you as a manager for not being prepared for the playoffs. So that's the way I look at it as it's a get out of jail free card for those managers that didn't prepare for the worst case scenario. I can I can see that and if you do have a trade
0: deadline, like you should prepare that way. I think it just that rule change obviously would just change your mentality or how you go about things because I think it actually no trade deadlines probably benefits the non-playoff teams more than the playoff teams
1: it couldn't almost areas. because
0: those guys are going to have to pay up like more sure. than they they would or at least they should and you should make them because the like the demand for your players is that much greater cuz the playoff teams they're not trying to trade away anybody right now they're trying to compete so if right. you're not in the playoffs the demand for your Joe Flacco that you have been going off the last two weeks all of a sudden you might be able to get a second round pick for him because that guy's trying to win and right who i don't have a i don't know who went down or can't play uh a week in the playoffs you know um they should be able to fill that hole with someone like that or i just i would like to experience it i haven't played that way so i i don't yep. truly know how i would feel about it but in my head i would I would enjoy like just no regulation on, on what I'm able to do as a manager. Like let me manage my team yeah. and let the economics play out how they play out because the demand and everything shifts at that time. And it would be cool to be able to to make moves or fleece yeah. a guy because he wants to win now and pro- props to him for doing that. That's what he should be doing. And I'm able to sell off this guy when I'm not playing because um, I'm paying attention and
1: I'm, I'm active.
0: So I'm, I'm either way on it. I can go either yep. way on it.
1: Yeah. And I, I don't hate it. It's not like I won't play in a league that has it that way. I think of, of as much as I think I'm like cutting edge guy and all the new rules, like that's the <laughs> one that I still struggle with. Like I, I, I still struggle with that one being an yeah. old curmudgeon. Uh, One other one that I think hopefully you had this on the onset of your league. But if you didn't and you weren't prepared at a time, please get some sort of tanking rule in place. Your league can decide what that should be. Some like it a lot more strict. Some like it a little more open-ended fine. However you want to do it, but have something in place because there's nothing worse than a manager doing what is within the rules and allowed and the rest of the league getting upset with them. But they didn't technically do anything wrong because there's no rule against it. So make yeah. sure you have very clear rules, as clear as you want to make them. If you want to make it a little more up and ended, that's fine. But make sure you have something in place that helps with the tanking policy because there will be teams that are going to get upset because so and so's tanking. And he says, well, there's no rule against it. So why am I not allowed to? Yeah, it's what the Sixers did. And you know wh- whatever, trust the process. So well, John's really
0: mad because he thinks you should have played this guy over this guy, and it clearly yeah. should have. But it's yes, a little, you know there, and I there's see a it lot all of the different. Time.
1: There's a lot of different ways around it. There's a lot of different rules you, you can put in place. I don't think we need to necessarily get into all the variants there and all of the different things that you could do with that. But make sure you have something in place if you don't already. M- make yeah, sure get general. I
0: mean, it takes.
1: I posted on our nerds discord, nerd herd discord,
0: um, a copy of, of a bylaws that I, I use for most of my leagues that I manage. And I just I use it, I change up the language however I need to, but it's always there to use. And uh, so if you're in the nerd herd discord, it's in the find a league channel uh, that people post their open open leagues or leagues they're starting or orphans that they need filled yeah. in there. And it's in there for, as a template. But
1: That's why I do love having uh, small devies, at least. Because it really on its own discourages tanking. Like, what's the point? All the good players for next year are already taken anyway. So yeah, that's why I like it. But yeah, anyway, anything else with rule changes and things like that? Um, Move on.
0: Along with tanking, uh, max points four for uh, non non playoff teams can help help kind of alleviate the tanking situation because. Uh, if you don't play that way, I do this in most of my leagues. So non-playoff teams get seated, or, or they get their rookie draft position based off the inverse order of max points four. So basically that fills every, every week. It fills all your starting lineup positions with the top point scorers best at those concept. positions. It's best ball. Yeah. So basically if you started, you know, Crappy guys, it's still going to take into account your bench guys that you should have played there Um, so it kind of helps mitigate that situation And I like it because it Truly gives the worst teams in your league or the worst rosters in your team in in your league the 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 first few draft picks Um,
1: and then there's no arguments for who should have started what you know Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's move into A little more nuanced, a little more you focus as opposed to team centric. Let's look at what we should be doing as managers. Uh, the, The first, the first thing, step one, if, if you're a part of the nerd herd, some of this work is already done for you. If not, no worries, but I like to go and I like to look at every position on my team. I like to look at my quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. I say, okay, in 2024 how does my roster look am i weak at this position am i strong at this position and then i base that off of what opportunities do i have this year do i have a lot of draft capital so you know i can fix some of those holes potentially through the draft do are there some potential trade partners out there so going in taking a real look at your team and the reason i said if you're part of the nerd herd some of this work's already done for you. If you go to the dynasty GM, it will already tell you your ranking as far as each individual position in your league, your ninth at quarterback, your second at running back, your fifth at receiver and 12th at tight end. And so, you know, right there, man, I'm kind of all over the map. I look like a middle of the road team. Probably man. I got, I got to figure out am I in or am I out? What am I doing? You know, that kind of stuff. So, Uh, If you're part of the nerd herd, you've got a leg up in that. But I think we got to go take an honest look at our team. And sometimes we're not as good at taking an honest look. That's once again, the GM helps with that. It's 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 not biased towards your team or anybody else's team. It's just how it's ranked, you know, as far as my rankings, Rich's rankings, Jared's rankings, Matt's rankings. And then we also include like some ADP stuff or your own rankings. Or your own rankings. Yeah, you can go in there and put your own rankings. If you do want it to be a little bit biased, you know, you can you can go put your own in and see how it goes. So, taking a good look at your team, I think, is is step one.
0: Yeah, uh, look at your roster, see who's aging. You know, like what what guys are are maybe aging out past uh, the value cliff at wide receiver or running back, and that wide receiver that's typically around. Age twenty nine. Um, that's mm. really when you start seeing them take a nosedive in terms of value. They're not really going to be gaining value from any point forward. Running back, it's typically around age twenty seven, ish. Yeah, it's usually when it starts. Unless you're Christian not really going to be. Yeah, unless you're Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> yeah, you're a diamond. I mean, just a complete elite player. Um, and uh, you you mentioned strengths and weaknesses of your roster. And that's, that's super important. But I do like to just a little caveat to that is like right now, there really are no strengths or weaknesses of your roster because we're not playing any games right now. So true. what I typically like to do is try to identify guys that I can maybe trade for early in the offseason right now that maybe are – coming out of situations that really dampen their value, kind of like Drake, anybody in Atlanta's offense this year. Sure. pass catchers like Drake London, Kyle Pitts, like who, what players that we identified that have elite talent and that maybe just last one, maybe
1: even two years, just. Well, I think you bring up a good point here, Jared, because it was kind of going to be what I was going to get into next was take a look at your players and, What situations are going to be changing on for those players on your team? Because in a vacuum, we can say like, yeah, Saquon Barkley is a good player. But is he going to be with the Giants next year? Is he going to be with the Cowboys next year? Is he going to be in Kansas City next year? Is he going Mm -hmm. to be like, we don't know where he's going to be. So we have to kind of take some educated guesses on where we think these kind of players can go. And then what does that mean for their value? Is that increase their value does that decrease their value same thing with guys like a um who would be a good example uh Jalen Hyatt okay Jalen Hyatt third round rookie pick from this past year showed some flashes you know if you're excited about him being potentially the wide receiver one on his team next year well you probably need to go look at the Giants draft capital and look and say Actually, this is a really good wide receiver draft. The odds of them adding another wide receiver via the draft, probably pretty high. So is he going to lose potentially some value because there's somebody else that's going to be getting targets ahead of him? So we're looking at all of the players like that. So the age is definitely part of it, like you mentioned, Jared. But but all the way around, coaches, age, free agency, draft, like there are so many different factors that can affect a player's value. Ultimately, the biggest one is their ability, but that's only a piece of the puzzle. There's a lot of other pieces that that affect a lot of things. And
0: just to help you and guide you in determining player value, you should be looking at things like ADP, which we are working on getting up on the Dynasty scenarios app and the site very, very soon. I mm-hmm. mean, I'm talking within the next month. We should have that up. Um, uh, look, listen to me acting like you rich, sound like given, rich. Yeah. Given, given dates and stuff. Given dates Don't, out there. Um, but we just met about that and that's something that we're focusing on getting it up, but there's, there's ADP out there. And then, uh, keep trade cut. That's a site that people like to use. It's, uh, aggregated information and people are voting on who you should keep, who you should trade, who you should cut. um, And it helps create player value. So you can take a look at that uh, just to kind of gauge player values and and where they stand within, within the dynasty uh, space. And then obviously uh, rankings uh, rankings from us. Uh, So those are just tools that can help guide you in, in figuring out and pinpointing players that might be undervalued over,
1: overvalued uh, so on and so forth. Absolutely. So, and, and look, you're going to do your best pro, pro cost. I'm yeah, pro, not procrastinating. Cost analysis. No. I, I don't yeah. got Anyway, pronostic pronosticate. What? I can't get it. Basically, uh, you prognosticate predict. prognosticate. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Uh, you're going to do your best to predict what's going to happen in these situations you're not going to get it right at 100% of the time but if you're reading the tea leaves you're following beat writers you can usually get a pretty good idea so here's an example of of one that could it blow up in my face sure but a player that i'm kind of looking at and targeting maybe a little bit this off season jerry judy jerry judy mm-hmm. seems like a guy that just really needs a change of scenery his value could not be lower so the risk and kind of throwing him in on a trade, you're not going to have to pay a lot to get him. But the potential upside is maybe he's closer to the guy that the Broncos drafted on a different team. Is there another team that can get the best out of him? Is there a, a, a chargers team that could use him? Is there a, a, chiefs team that could use him a giants team that could use him and you know depending on where he goes and what quarterback he he goes to it could be a tick up chances are it can't get much worse you know and so i'm looking at a player like that where his value is 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 in the gutter but realistically there's not much lower that it could possibly get and if it does oh, well, it cost me the equivalent of an early third-round pick or, you know, whatever. It didn't cost me much to acquire yeah. him. I wouldn't acquire him straight up because then people are always like, why do you want him? That's fishy. But if he's the throw-in on another deal, then that's usually the way to go. But all that to say, and, and look, if if you're like, I disagree, Jared Judy's a bum, that's fine. Don't, don't focus as much in on the specifics of the player I gave you, but look at that as a template of maybe that's the type of player that I go out and I look for. The one that with a change of scenery, chances are, he'll have a better quarterback situation. He'll have a better, you know, target situation have a better, whatever. And those are the types of players that'll kind of help you gauge on your squad. Yeah. Maybe that's one of those small moves that I can make that isn't going to really move the needle a lot for most people, But if I can take a guy who on this team, he's the fifth wide receiver and partway through the year, he's playing for me. And now he's my wide receiver three. Well, now you just gained a bunch of value on your roster with very little risk. So those are the types of concepts that I'm talking about. Who are the players that because of whatever's going on, coaching wise, free agency wise draft wise are going to fluctuate in value. And conversely, you there's certain players on your roster right now that you need to say I need to find out a way to get rid of this guy because I feel like there's a very good chance that his value is going to drop significantly within the next six months so I would rather get out now while the value is still very high before the bottom drops out so that's all part of that evaluating of your team and for those guys that The value might drop the drop out of
0: but and and it's an age situation but you think they're still gonna be scoring points are you are you thinking you're gonna compete this year or are you uh you know are you in a rebuild situation like that that's when you would want to pivot off those guys um and kind of like you said before i would i would allow situation changes to kind of dictate where i'm looking uh you know like coaching changes uh quarterback changes I would really be paying attention to those situations to see who within that situation i should really pay attention to and and target maybe as a buy or as a sell um because sometimes you know when they bring in those new regimes some of those mid-round draft pick guys those third round picks that we like those fourth round picks that we like they kind of you know they they get pushed to the side a little bit um and they, they may not get that that opportunity that we once hoped um, so I think we can kind of move on to, to, to more like roster construction a
1: little bit or how let we, me, let me one more thing, one more thing. Last okay. one I got here, uh, you, I also want you to be looking at the rest of your league's rosters. Um, so yes, know, I, that's
0: really I, important.
1: Yeah. So I, I talked about your team, but You need to be looking at the rosters of the rest of your league. Specifically, the one area that I, that I want to key in on is there are teams that are good and have been good for a while in your league. Most leagues have them. Look at those teams because our hubris allows us to think that when we're on top, that, that, that peak is a long ride. Typically it's really tough to win back-to-back titles or three in a row. Like does not happen very often. Every once in a blue moon, it will, but it's very, very tough. Look at those teams that just want to ship with guys like Keenan Allen, with Derrick Henry, with Mike Evans, with you know, all of these players Raheem that yeah. That you're like, how much longer can yeah. they really sustain success? Or is that cliff coming quickly? Because even though right now you're like, why would I trade for the one twelve? The guy that has the 112 this year, yeah. Don't trade for the 112, but trade for his 2025 first, yeah. Look at his next year's pick because, Savvy. because he might not realize that he doesn't have much longer, but you he might be realize. oblivious. He's just coming off that,
0: that ship, he's high on his team, exactly. I could do anything, could he win. just
1: got the check, the check just cashed, like, yeah. Go look at those rosters. So check out everyone else's roster. Those picks specifically are ones that you should target. Um, But even players, you know, like I mentioned with the Jerry Judy thing, like look at what players you think might be changing situations and, and ones you can acquire. Send them a running back. Sell a running back.
0: There you go. That's coming off a good year. Um, No, that, that's I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up. That was uh, that's a good point. Something that everyone should be paying attention to. And the Dynasty GM makes that really easy to do. Yeah, um So yeah, let, let's talk a little bit just touch on on roster construction stuff a yeah. little bit, uh, you know how you might want to think about Drop in or, or changing up, you know rostering a bunch of wide receivers running backs Should you be rostering tight ends quarterbacks that kind of thing? Um, and I, I do want to touch on like if you if your league allows for players to remain on IR Throughout the offseason, dude, I'm filling those spots up Leave with them. as many as IR guys as I can. And that's just freeing up more roster space for other people. And maybe when those guys come back from injury, there's a situation change and, and they all of a sudden have value because every single player has potential value. Um, right. And it just depends on. On What happens and there's so much yet to happen this offseason so much that can happen so many players are gonna get signed uh, To the to different teams and draft dra- new new rookies coming in that are gonna change the values of the players on the On the team already, so uh, I like to fill those spots and taxi spots Obvious take advantage of those those you shouldn't have any empty spots on your taxis on your taxi squad Um. Yeah. Some leagues have waivers locked right now in my home league. We we lock waivers until after the Super Bowl. Just cause everyone's kind of checked out right now anyway. But if waivers are open, you should be active there. You should be uh paying attention to what's going on in the playoffs, who's getting touches, right. uh, and uh just capitalizing on on everyone else sleeping on the sleeping at the wheel.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that's a I think that's a great point. Uh, when you look at specific roster construction, we we had the conversation with Scott Connor. Uh, if you didn't listen to that episode, go back and listen to it. He is a big proponent of rostering as few tight ends as possible. Uh, I don't know that I'm quite the extremist that he is, uh, but he did start to win me over on some of that where you know we're waiting so long for a lot of these guys to break out. And really, it's just, they're just roster cloggers, for, for yeah. lack of a better term. A lot of these, you know, is this the year Charlie Kohler breaks out? Is this the year that, you know, like all of that these guys. Yeah. 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 We just have all these guys. Um, so I have, w- with the exception of a few guys that I personally feel have crazy upside, I-, I have started to trim down on the amount of tight ends that I hold on to. Um, because I would rather fill that spot specifically with running backs, uh, running backs and, uh, and, and quarterbacks in, in super flex leagues wide yeah. receiver. I get it. We do want to build around wide receivers, but the hit rate from low drafted wide receivers is very, very low. Now we're coming off a year, of course, where Puka Nakua was this, this amazing, uh, rookie that was drafted in the fifth round uh, but but he is very much so an anomaly we yeah. don't and, and how often can you start those guys like think about it from a a non-best ball perspective how often can you start a guy that is a team's third or fourth wide receiver that you're excited about and he's growing and blah blah, blah. almost never because you never know when the week is that he's getting six catches for 112 yards and two touchdowns. Because all the yeah. rest of the weeks, he's getting two catches for 12 yards. And you're frustrated.
0: Yeah. Whereas, it doesn't
1: matter if they did it. Right. Like it only matters if
0: you were able to start them.
1: Yeah. Now, conversely, at the running back position, we usually have a pretty good idea of who's getting touches. Mm-hmm. You know? Did the starting running back go out? Okay, well, he's the number two, so he's probably going to get a majority of the workload. Or, hey, they've been increasing his workload on third down, so we should be expecting 8 to 12 touches today. Like, those things are much more predictable, and they also have a higher hit rate. When you go back and look at later round running backs, specifically day three guys versus day three wide receivers, the hit rate, On day three, running backs is much higher. So why would we not fill our roster with more of those guys, even if 80, 90, 95% of them don't hit? If Kyron Williams hits, it's worth it. If Aaron Jones hits, it's worth it. If Aaron Foster, if James Robinson, if whoever, if any of those guys hit, man, how much has that value increased? Drastically. As much as I loved Darius Slayton, and still do, and have him on a lot of rosters, it's very rare that I felt comfortable starting him. Even though he is a guy that went from a late-round pick to be relevant, I still had a hard time knowing when I could start him. Whereas other guys, even though it was short-lived, Jarek McKinnon, I knew when I could start him at times. Uh, you know, you, but you, you catch my drift. Um, so I have become a big proponent of Let's roster more running backs. And then, if you want to get into even even the backup quarterback situation, Jared, as well, um, I think yeah. that one's kind of interesting. It's the same. Realize. It's the same theory,
0: really. I mean, it's just comes with with predictability of the position comes value. So guys know what they're paying for when they are going to send you a third round pick for a backup running back because they need a filler for that week. And you know, that Nick Chubb went out for the year, and Jerome Ford's going to get, should get most of the work going forward. And then as the season went on, you know Jerome Ford really became a a, a nice piece. So um, same with the quarterback position. You know, Anthony Richardson goes down. Okay, Gardner Minshew's a starter now. I mean, you can pay a second-round pick if you absolutely need Gardner Minshew or I'm selling him for two-thirds, something like that. Like, you're going to be able to flip these guys at the running back and quarterback position a lot easier than you're going to be able to flip a tight end that we're kind of waiting on and hoping on that's shows some flashes or a receiver that's a wide receiver three, a KJ Osborne. Uh, in his offense, that's gonna get you maybe six to eight points, um, but you never really know when to start him. So, completely agree, Garrett. I'm rostering as many running backs and quarterbacks as I can that are that make sense, mm-hmm. um, and I'm trying to shed some of that that fat or cut off some of that fat yeah. um, in terms of tight ends and and, and wide receivers because. Roster positions are valuable, man. Like the they are. every every player's potential value. So, yeah, I be paying attention.
1: Ke- Keaton Mitchell was a great example from this year, where mm-hmm. looked like a long shot to start the year, but I, I don't know. Fortunately, he had that big injury, but he had a couple weeks where dude was balling, like absolutely yeah. balling. Um, put you him know, on IR the, now. Yeah, McLaughlin, you know, another one that that had had a stretch there. So so these guys. They they can pop up, they can have uh some some relevance uh in, in the league. I'm not saying you can't roster wide receivers and upside guys. You can't. If there are guys that you really believe in, then then absolutely go go after those guys. But if you're just you know up in the air about a couple players, who should I add? Who should I drop? Blah, blah, blah. When when it's up in the air, air towards the side of these quarterbacks air towards the side of these, these running backs. Cause you oh. never know when it's going to be Brock Purdy.
0: you to play a game real quick. Let's do a quick game. So I, I pulled up, I pulled up some depth charts. I'm just okay. going to list off some backup running backs and you give me a yes or no. If you would consider rostering them, it's probably going to be
1: right. a lot of yeses because, <laughs> okay. um,
0: okay. All right. What about Michael Carter in Arizona? Yep. Amari D. mercado
1: that, that would be a fringe one. He's fringe.
0: And, fringe, right? Um, are you, how you how still I'm rostering right. Cordell Patterson?
1: Mm, probably not, especially with a new coach coming in. Yeah. Um,
0: Ty Johnson.
1: Yeah, I think I would.
0: Miles Santon, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um,
1: let's see. DJ Dallas. <laughs> Always and DJ Dallas was high <laughs> on my roster.
0: Yo, it's DJ Dallas, and you're listening to the Dynasty Nerds podcast.
1: Um, let's see. I'm trying to find some well the, the biggest ones are really those like first and second year backs, especially.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I know. I keep finding them, and it's sort of like all every single one's like kind of obvious. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, it's like if you're if they're a backup running back, and they're number two on the depth chart. If they're number two on the depth chart, the answer is yes. Then they're number one in your heart. Yes, the answer is yes. Yeah. Um,
1: that game would probably work better for quarterback, but uh, that's okay. That's but, okay. But but we get the point. The point came across though. There's a lot of these guys that. I would rather roster them than Miles Boykin. You know, like here's a good one that I'd be targeting. Tank Bigsby. Tank Bigsby's a great one. Absolutely. Those first and second year backs things mm-hmm. just didn't quite work out this year, but I mean, you never you never know what's going to happen with injury, especially at the running back position. Uh, you know, at wide receiver if you're the wide receiver four, yeah, an injury happens at the wide receiver position. You're still the third guy, you know, like it doesn't help you much. What are are we doing with Isaiah Spiller
0: and Clyde Edwards Hilaire? we cutting bait with these guys.
1: No. (laughs) Should we? Yes. But no, Uh. I mean, like I would still rather roster them than a lot of, a lot of those late receivers. Dude, you know what paid off in this
0: this whole mindset and this theory around rostering backup running is White. Zemir White like Ty Chandler. I mean, he carries his value has shot up now. Ty Especially Chandler with the Jacobs. One. Yep, Ty Chandler is another good one. Yeah. Um
1: Yeah. We
0: don't have to beat this to death, but I think everybody gets the point. Yeah. You should so be that's, doing it.
1: That's more of our off season uh kind of checklist. Things to go through, things to look at, things to judge on your team, other people's teams, your entire league. If you have other things that you think need to be added to the checklist, uh I why don't you reach out to things. us? Where where, yeah. where can they find you, Jared? I'm everywhere. Everywhere
0: I am on the X machine at Jared Wackerly. Just my
1: name. J- just Jared just Wackerly. Just get at me there, there. he is.
0: Or in the uh, Discord. You go can to find Nerd me. Discord.
1: Or the nerd Her Discord, yes, absolutely. Uh, you can find me at Dynasty Price on I I still have a hard time calling it X. I really do. I still just want to say Twitter. Well, the URL is still twitter.com. So until they yeah. change
0: that, it's still Twitter. It's still Twitter.
1: Done and done. Uh, but yes, you can find us there. Uh this will be roughly an every other week rhythm. Uh we're not gonna be married to that, but roughly an every other week rhythm. Uh saying married. I mean, we're both married. <laughs> we, we're, we're
0: both betrothed.
1: Uh, so you're
0: prognosticating about every other week.
1: Prognosticating, yeah. I kept wanting to say procrastinating, and I knew <laughs> that wasn't right. Couldn't feel. save uh, my life. Anyway, so we'll be back in roughly two weeks, depending on depending on how the. Uh, How we feel, how things go. Yeah, we'll
0: start getting into some rookie stuff here because Garrett and I we do the nerd score for Dynasty Nerds, um and we're we're getting into that tape right now, starting to to put in some grades. So as we go along, we can kind of talk through that a little bit, maybe maybe give some updates on on where we're at with some guys.
1: What I think we should do, I'm saying this live on the air, so it's not live, it's recorded, but I'm saying it during the show. So just cut this out if you disagree, Jared. But I think this should be the show that we release the nerd scores. However, for that week only, it's a Nerd Herd exclusive. You got to be part of the Nerd Herd that week. Maybe. 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 We'll think about we'll it. We'll see. We'll talk about it. Yeah. We'll probably I mean, It's
0: a there. Nerd Herd tool. Kind of, it's not really a tool, but a nerd herd uh, resource? information resource. Yeah, there's 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 the word. There it is. Um, We're doing so great. No, I agree. It should be uh, nerd herd only, and see if we can do like a live stream for it in, in yeah. Discord or
1: something like that. I'm, I'm sure I could figure it out. It'll be great though. You'll love it. You'll love it. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you guys then. Until then, stay as good looking as Jared Wackerly. <laughs> God. See ya.